Welcome to 7-Minute Torah. I'm Rabbi Micah Streifer. In this podcast, we explore the weekly Torah portion in about 7 to 10 minutes. We make modern meaning out of ancient texts, exploring them through liberal Jewish eyes. To become a supporter of this podcast, please visit patreon.com slash 7-Minute Torah. All right, welcome everyone. I'm Rabbi Micah Streifer. We're here to make modern meaning from ancient texts. Before we begin, I want to say a big thank you to Rabbi Amy Schwartzman for her contribution to La Asok this week. Grateful for her support of our work here, of this podcast, and of our learning community. If you would like to support 7-Minute Torah, you can go either to patreon.com slash 7-Minute Torah, where you can give a small per-episode amount, or you can go to laasok.org, L-A-A-S-O-K dot org, and make a contribution either monthly or as a one-time thing. Uh, and again, thanks to Rabbi Amy Schwartzman, and thanks to all those who support this podcast in an ongoing way. My second announcement is that we have two really interesting classes that are starting up this week. It's Tuesday, October 24th, as I'm recording, and this Thursday, October 26th, we are starting a class with Rabbi Leah Berkowitz that's about Midrash, both studying Midrash and also creating our own Midrash through various media. That's Thursdays at 3 p.m. Then starting Monday, October 30th, on Mondays at noon, we have a class with Rabbi Mark Wachowski that's called Understanding Reform Responsa. We'll dig into the question of what it means for Reform Judaism, which is supposedly non-halakhic, to live in the world of Jewish texts and of Jewish legal thinking. For information on either of those, you can go to laasok.org or just send me an email at rabbistreifer at gmail.com. Finally, I want to acknowledge, I feel the need to acknowledge, the really distressing times that we're living in. Israel is at war right now. A lot of people have died, and I think the Jewish world is still reeling from the attacks of October 7th, and there continues to be incredible suffering happening in Israel and happening in Gaza right now. So I know I'm praying for peace, praying for things to get better, to be a different way, for the ability to see humanity in one another. And that affects almost everything I do and think about, including my reading of the Torah portion. This week we're reading Lech Lecha. Lech Lecha is Genesis chapters 12 through 17. And it's the story of how we began as a people. As many of you know, Lech Lecha tells the story of Sarah and Abraham being called by God to Lech Lecha, to go forth from your land, from your birthplace, to the place that I will show you. And that place, of course, being the land of Israel, where they are to create a new life, a new people, and a new outlook on the world. So Lech Lecha really tells the story of the very beginnings of the Jewish people, or at least where we say we come from. It shows the very ancient connection with the land of Israel. It shows the centrality of the notion of covenant, of relationship with God, even from the very beginning of Judaism. And there's one feature of this parsha that I found particularly interesting as I was reading through during these very troubling times. And that is the feature of names. As I mentioned a minute ago, 
the Parsha begins with God calling to Abraham, but actually that's not what it says. It says, Vayomer Adonai el Avram. The Eternal One spoke to Avram. That's different, of course, than Avraham, which is what his name will be by the end of the Parsha. And Avram's wife, who we usually think of as Sarah, starts off the Parsha being known as Sarai. And in the midst of this Parsha is a place where both Avram and Sarai are changed to Avraham and Sarah. So there's something a little strange, a little unexpected going on here. You know, this story didn't have to start with our ancestors' names being changed, and yet it does. So what meaning is there to be found or made out of this occurrence? And the commentators, it won't surprise you, have some thoughts on this. The commentator Rashi suggests that the meaning of the name change is actually embedded in the meaning of the name. So when Avram's name is changed to Avraham, then he is changed, according to Rashi, from father of Aram, that is to say, an important person in the country of Aram, to Avhamun Goyim, the father of, or an important person in a multitude of nations, the entire world. And by the way, Ibn Ezra says something similar about Sarah, whose name Sarai means something like my princess, whereas Sarah, the name to which she's changed, means more like the princess. So in both of these cases, the message is that what you are doing, you, Avraham and Sarah, is of worldwide import. You are going to bring something great into the world through this journey, which actually jibes very nicely with the beginning of the Parsha, where God says to them, Nivrechu v'cha kol mishpachot ha'adamah. All of the families of the earth will come to be blessed by you. So this name change seems to represent a statement by the Torah that Abraham and Sarah's journey is going to be an important one for the world. And it's certainly been important for our world, we as Jews, and arguably for the world because how much of the world has been influenced and shaped by the ideas passed down through Torah over the course of the last many thousands of years. So that's one possibility. Rabbi Gunther Plout, who is the author of the Reform Torah Commentary, makes another suggestion. He says that the name change, in addition to the specifics of the meaning of the name, has import in and of itself. He says names represent the predilections and traditions of a family and often say much about a civilization. And he points out that biblical names like Abraham and Sarah were once popular among Jews and then became less popular and have returned to become more popular. In other words, the names represent our connection to our peoplehood. When we name our child Avraham or Sarah or Yitzchak or Ruth or any of these names that have been passed down through the generations, we are connecting back with generations upon generations of Jewish people and of Jewish tradition. And when we coin new Hebrew names, or Yiddish names, or Ladino names, we're being innovative and connecting with an ancient Jewish tradition, which perhaps begins in this Parsha, of creatively shaping names to indicate that our tradition is ever-evolving and that we are constantly in moments of transition. Just as Abraham and Sarah are transitioning from one place to another, from one journey to another, 
so are we constantly innovating in our Judaism. But there's one more resonance of names, and this is what I was thinking about this week as the news continues to pour out of Israel of all the people whose lives have been ended, all those worlds that were cut short. And that is that in Judaism, the name represents who we are. It represents our identity. There's a wonderful poem by the Hebrew poet Zelda, which speaks to just this idea. It's called Lechol Ish Yesh Shem, which means in Hebrew, every person has a name. I'm going to read this poem in its entirety, and then we can talk about what it means for our lives and also for the lives of those people who have suffered or who have lost their lives. She writes, Lechol Ish Yesh Shem, every person has a name. Every person has a name given them by God and given them by their father and mother. Every person has a name given them by their stature and their smile and given them by their attire. Every person has a name given them by the walls and given them by the hills. Every person has a name given them by the stars and given them by their friends. Every person has a name given them by their sins and given them by their yearnings. Every person has a name given them by their enemies and given them by their love. Every person has a name given them by their celebrations and given them by their work. Every person has a name given them by the seasons and given them by their blindness. Every person has a name given them by the sea and given them by their death. So the poet here is talking about names as being representative of the many relationships that we have of the many roles that we play, of the many ways that we touch others' lives and that others touch our lives. The name, in that sense, is an embodiment of who we are and what we represent in the world and what we mean to each other. And if every person has so many names, then truly, as the passage in the Talmud says, every person is a world. The death of any one person represents the death, the loss of an entire world. And I want to thank Rabbi Emily Lozman Ostrov, my friend and colleague, for uh, suggesting this connection to me in a conversation we had earlier today. She said that it's really hard when casualties and deaths are reported in numbers. 1,400 deaths. 1,400 people killed on October 7th. It's hard to fathom that each of those numbers is an individual person. It's hard to fathom that each of those people who's died, whether in Israel or in Gaza, is someone who holds relationships, who is loved, who plays various roles, a person who has many names. Each of us is a world, and the loss of any one person is a tragedy. And I say this not to necessarily shape policy. I Truly, I don't know all the time what Israel should do right now. I hate the loss of civilian casualties. I also hate the idea of a terror organization right on the other side of the border and children in Israel having to be afraid for their lives. But I just know that we need to approach everything we do with the knowledge that every person is an entire world that each one of those numbers represents a person with a name or many names, many relationships, many roles, and that their names need to be said and that they need to be remembered. 
and that everything we do should also be with the knowledge that there are human beings here. And that kol hamikayem nefesh achad ke'ilu kiyem olam male, anyone who saves even a single life is considered to have saved an entire world. So just as Avram and Sarah begin this parsha by being told that they are to be a blessing, so are we reminded that all these people in our lives are a blessing, and that each of those people that has died was also a blessing, which is why, of course, when we say their names, we say, Zichonam Livracha, may their memory be for a blessing. Thanks for listening, everyone. 7-Minute Torah is a production of La Asok, Sacred Texts, Modern Meaning. If you enjoyed this program, please consider becoming a sponsor at patreon.com slash 7-Minute Torah. For more information about upcoming learning opportunities, go to laasoka.org, L-A-A-S-O-K dot org. I'm Rabbi Micah Streifer. Thanks for listening.